Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Lahul Hamdul Hassan Wathanaul Jamil Washadu Allah ilaha illallah wahadahu la sharika lah Yaqulul haqqa wa huwa yahadis sabil Washadu anna sayyidina wa nabiyana Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa attabi'ina lahum bi ihsanin ila yawmid din amma ba'd Insha'Allah ta'ala Today we're going to speak about Sirahul Imam Muslim ibn al-Hajjaj. We're going to speak about Imam Muslim. Last week we spoke about Imam al-Bukhari. Today we're going to speak about Imam Muslim rahimahullah ta'ala. Imam Muslim Before we go, I go into Imam Muslim's name I said something in the biography of who? Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. And what I said was a statement attributed to Al-Imam Al-Nawawi. Al-Imam Al-Nawawi has a book called Tahdeeb Al-Asma'i Wal-Lugat. Al-Imam Al-Nawawi has a book called Tahdeeb Al-Asma'i Wal-Lugat. And in this book, Al-Imam Al-Nawawi talks about names and the biography of some people and he talks about words how they are pronounced or how they're written in that book he said something very powerful which is the importance of learning the biography of the scholars he said and I'm paraphrasing he said that the biography of the scholars it's very important that we learn it he said that they are more scholars and the people, righteous people, their biography or they have more rights on us than sometimes even our parents. Sometimes even our parents. Because the scholars, they came to fulfill the salvation of your hereafter. Maybe your parents may deal with only your worldly need. And knowing the biography of the scholars, you will know if they have a conflict between themselves in, or they disagree on a particular issue, you know who to give the upper hand over who. Because you know their level. You're not going to make them all the same. And we are suffering from that today where every single person were taking their opposition as though it's a scholarly weight. So we're saying the scholars differed. And Imam Shatibiyu said something very powerful. He said, people say the scholars differed. But he said, they are considering scholars, people we don't consider them to be scholars. They are not in the midst of scholars. There's only one view. But people are saying there's difference of opinions amongst the scholars. Which scholar are you talking about? The, the people of knowledge don't consider him to be a scholar or they don't see him to be a scholar. Are we all together? So learning the biography of the scholars help you in this way. Al-Imam Muslim is the student of who? Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. We'll speak about that later. Like in Imam Al-Daraqutni said something very powerful. Who? Al-Imam Al-Daraqutni. He said, Lawla al-Bukhari, Lama jaa muslimun wala raah. He said, if it wasn't for Bukhari, Muslim would not have come, nor would he have gone. In other words, who has favor on Muslim. Al-Imam al-Bukhari. And this teaches us something very important, which is, if a person benefits you something, the respect that you should give them. The poet, he said, إِذَا أَفَادَكَ إِنسَانٌ بِفَائِدَةٍ مِنَ الْعُلُومِ فَأَكْثِرْ شُكْرَهُ أَبَدًا وَقُلْ فُلَانٌ جَزَاهُ اللَّهُ صَالِحَةً أَفَادَنِيهَا وَأَلْقِ الْكِبْرَ وَالْحَسَدًا If a person benefits you a benefit, إِذَا أَفَادَكَ إِنسَانٌ بِفَائِدَةٍ مِنَ الْعُلُومِ any science. فَقُلْ سَيْ فُلَانٌ جَزَاهُ اللَّهُ صَالِحَةً May Allah reward him in good. 
أفادليها هي benefited me this وألقي الكبر والحسدة get rid of arrogance and the envy and the jealousy get rid of it I said Jazakallah khairan Lawla Allah if it wasn't for Allah after that if it wasn't for you after Allah if it wasn't for you then I would have not known this so Al-Imam Muslim he had two teachers what did he have? he had two teachers one was who? I mean, he had many teachers, but two main teachers were focusing on. The first one is who? Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. The second one was Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Zuhari. Bukhari had a lot of teachers, but we're going to mention two of them. The first one is Al-Bukhari, and the second one is Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Zuhari. That's the second teacher, and that's the first teacher. Both of these scholars, both of these imams, they had a conflict. An issue occurred between the two of them. Huh? We didn't get the chance to talk about it when we were speaking about the biography of Imam al-Bukhari. We, were, we didn't get the chance to talk about this fitna that happened to Bukhari. But... Bukhari and Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali, they had a conflict, big conflict, where it resulted to, it resulted for Al-Imam al-Bukhari to leave Naysabur. He'd left Naysabur because of the fitna. Bukhari came in Naysabur with the whole city came out for him. And he left by himself because of this fitna. And two fitnas happened to, happen to Bukhari. The first one was this issue of Muhammad, Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali. He got accused of saying that the Quran is created. Huh? It wasn't what he said. And the second one was the leader said to Imam al-Bukhari, I want you to teach my children privately. And Imam al-Bukhari said, knowledge is not humiliated. If your children want to learn, they can come to the lessons where there are others. So who, he has the fitna of Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali, outstanding, and then the leader now. Huh? And so this caused him even what? A greater issue. And this caused Imam al-Bukhari to ask Allah if he can take his life. And Imam al-Bukhari was from Mustajab al-Da'wah. The people who Allah used to accept their dua. And anyways, he died from that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took the life of Imam al-Bukhari. Here, Muslims in a conflict now. Both of them are what? Both of them are his teachers. So what he did was he chose to not narrate from both of them in his sahih. Muslim did not narrate from Bukhari and he did not narrate from Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali. Both of them. They're not in his sahih. He avoided it. He didn't want to take a side. Even that though he aided and he supported Bukhari in what was said about him. And he defended him. Huh? But Muhammad ibn Yahya was another imam. Imam. No debate about that. Are we all together brothers? Like, and I want to say a benefit here. Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali is an imam. And Bukhari is a what? Is a imam. Both of them are what? Both of them are imams. But when Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali wronged Bukhari, he wronged Bukhari unjustly, Allah has a sunnah. Allah has ways that he does things. Today we don't have any of the works of Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Duhali. None of his works. He is in the riwayat and the asanid of hadiths. I mean, he's in the chain, but we don't have a book of his. Like an Imam al-Bukhari, Allah protected from his works. And this is the statement of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya ma'ashara man amana bi lisanihi wa lamma yadkhul al-imanu fi qalbi. لا تغتابن المسلمين ولا تتبع عوراتهم 
The Prophet ﷺ said, all oh, those of you who believe, who believe in Allah and the Day of Judgment, يَا مَعْشَرَ مَنْ آمَنَ بِلِسَانِ وَلَمَّا يَدْخُلِ الْإِيمَانُ فِي قَلْبِ And the Iman has settled in their hearts. لَا تَغْتَابَنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Don't backbite the Muslims. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُ عُرَاتِمَ Don't follow the Muslims, their mistakes. Look for their shortcomings. فَمَنْ تَتَبَّعْ عُرَةَ أَخِي تَتَبَّعَ اللَّهُ عُرَةَ If you follow our people's mistakes and you try to catch them out, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring out your mistakes. The Prophet is saying this. And if Allah brings out your mistakes, Allah will expose everything in your household. What's inside your household, Allah will bring it out into public. Huh? So, Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, the book that he defended himself in this allegation that was made against him when he was accused of khalq al-Qur'an is published. The book that he defended himself in this allegation is called khalq. Af'al al-ibad. He broke the book in two halves. Khalq af'al al-ibad. What did he do? He broke it into two. The first part of the book, he refutes the group that he's been accused of. Who is this group that he's been accused of? Ah, the Jahmiyyah. Sah? And the Mu'tazila. Huh? He refuted them at the beginning. And he proves that the statement of the Jahmiyyah is disbelief of Allah. And then he goes into the second part of his discussion, which is Khalq Af'ali Al-Ibad, which is the name of the book. What does it mean? That Allah created our actions. Our actions are created by Allah. And it doesn't mean just because our action and our voice is created, that the Qur'an that we're reading is created. And he discusses this issue. Are we all together? And he goes into detail regarding this particular issue. Uh, am I making sense, brothers? This kitab is published in two volumes. And it's the tahqiq of it is Sheikh Fahad al-Fuhayd. Huh? It's two volumes. To be honest, it's one volume because the first volume, the, the, the Sheikh... Sheikh Fahd al-Fuhid, all he talks about is the Shaykh Bukhari and the tahqiqat and the manuscripts that he used and whatnot. And I read it, the Kitab Khalq Af'al al-Ibad, I read it on the muhaqqiq himself, Sheikh Fahd al-Fuhid, the Khalq Af'al al-Ibad. I read on him the qism, the part of the Jahmiyyah and halfway into the, the Khalq Af'al al-Ibad. Ala kulli hal, al-Imam Muslim we're going to speak about today. Al-Imam Muslim's name is Muslim Ibn al-Hajjaj Ibn Muslim. So his name is Muslim Ibn al-Hajjaj Ibn Muslim Ibn Ward Ibn Kaushad. So his name is his name is Muslim. Ibn al-Hajjaj Ibn Muslim Ibn Ward Ibn Kaushad Ibn Kaushad So it's Muslim Ibn al-Hajjaj Ibn Muslim Ibn Ward Ward Ibn Kaushad Al-Qushayri Al-Qushayri Al-Qushayriyu So his name is Muslim Ibn Al-Hajjaj Ibn Muslim Ibn Ward Ibn Kaushad Al-Qushayriyu Al-Naysaburiyu Al-Naysaburiyu Al-Khurasaniyu Al-Khurasaniyu So we've mentioned his name, we mentioned his nasab And we mentioned, we're going to mention his kunya What's his kunya? Abu Al-Husayn His kunya is Abu Al-Husayn Al-Husayn 
This is his kunya. Al-Imam Muslim, the scholars, the mu'arrikhun, the historians, they all agree he's Qushayri. Muttafaq, ittifaq. There's no dispute. That Al-Imam Muslim is Al-Qushayri, he's Qushayri. Are we all together, brothers? Why? What's the significance of mentioning this? The significance is because Qushayr is a qabila Arabiya. It's a well-known Arab tribe. So here we have, we previously took Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. Is Bukhari an Arab? No. Bukhari was an Arab. Muslim was what? He's an Arab. Muslim is Al-Qushayri, which is a qabila, Ihda al-Qabail al-Arabiyya. Koshad, Dal, 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 Dal. So he's from that tribe. If you go to the Kitab Ulumul Hadith, if you go to the book Ulumul Hadith by Ibn Salah, are we, are you, you know the Kitab Ulumul Hadith? Um, Ulumul Hadith is the book that Imam Al Iraqi in his Alfiya he made into poetry. The Alfiya Al Iraqi is a poetry of Amr ibn Salah's Kitab Ulumul Hadith. That's why he says, وَحَيْثُ الْجَاءَ الْفِعْلُ وَالضَّمِيرُ لِكُلِّ وَاحِدٍ وَمَنْ لَهُ مَسْتُورُ كَقَالَ أَوْ أَطْلَقْتُ الشَّيْخِ لَفْظِ مَا أُرِيدُ إِلَّا بْنَ الصَّلَاحِ مُبْهَمَا The thousand lines of poetry in science of hadith is taken from this book, Ulum al-Hadith. This book, Ulum al-Hadith, Ibn Salah says something good that we need to take, which is he said, أَوَّلُ مَنْ صَلَّفَ الصَّحِيحِ The first person who wrote an authentic book is who? Al-Bukhari, Abu Abdullah, Muhammad ibn Ismail, Al-Ju'fi, Mawlahun. Okay, Bukhari. Watalahu after him came Abu Al-Hussein, Muslim ibn Al-Hajjaj, Al-Naysaburi, Al-Qushayri, Min Anfusihim. That's all I want from here. Which is what? He says, Al-Qushayri, Min Anfusihim. Ibn Salah is saying here that Muslim is from Qushayr. Why is he specifically saying min anfusihim? Because he thinks you might think Bukhari is ju'fiyu mawlahum. Uh, we took it last week, right? Bukhari is ju'fi mawlahum. That you might think the same for an Imam Muslim. No, no, no. Muslim is qushayriyu, not wala. No wala. He is from them. This is who he is. This is his lineage. Are we all together? Does that make sense? We took that last lesson, the concept of wala. Okay. Now we're going to go into his city, or the place in which he's from, which is Al-Khurasani. Khurasan falls under Naysabur. Khurasan is big. But it falls under where? It falls under Naysabur. Sorry, say that again. What did I say? Al Khurasan falls under what? Where, where does, uh, which one falls under which one? No, no, Naysabur falls under Khurasan, sorry. Naysabur is bigger. And Khurasan falls under Naysabur. Are we all together? Which one's bigger? Naysabur is bigger. Huh? Yeah, Khurasan is bigger. Sorry, sir. Khurasan is bigger. So, before I start getting confused, which was bigger? Khurasan. Within Khurasan is what? Hmm, Naysabur. Rather, Naysabur is... Sorry, Khurasan is four. Khurasan is four Madain, four cities that you just need to memorize. Khurasan, Khurasan. The first one is Naysabur. Huh? Also, Maru, Balkh,
هرات صحيح Those are the four. Which one is he from? All of these four are what? All of these are Khurasan. Which one is he from, Lakin? He's from? He's from Naysabur. Naysabur, who's from Naysabur as well? Muhammad ibn Yahya? Al-Duhal, he's from what? He's Naysabur, like an Imam Muslim. From the same place. And today, Naysabur, where does it fall? Iran. It falls in where? Iran. It's actually still got the same name, right? It's called? Uh, it's the same name. It's called Nishabur. But it's still, still the same. And this shows us something which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He changes lands, he changes people, he changes... Once upon a time, this place used to bring out what? Ahlul Hadith, the people of the Sunnah. And now it's Ardul Rafdi wa Shia wal Kufr. It's a Medina which is Qadima. It's a Medina which is what? Qadima, meaning Naysabur is a, a city which is old. It was opened at the time of Uthman ibn Affan. Uthman radiallahu anhu, he opened it. On the hand of his... Um, his nephew Abdullah ibn Amirin he opened it on his hand when the year was 31 some scholars they said it was opened at the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu on the hand of al-Ahnaf ibn Qais there's a khilaf but that which seems to be strongest it was at the time of Uthman radiyallahu ta'ala anhu Naysabur third point when was he born Imam Muslim there are four views of when he was born. <coughs> a lot of the times you're going to see the scholars when they are born, it's not known. But when they die, they are known. Because they were born, no one knew who they were. But after they became scholars, everyone documents when they died. The day becomes significant, right? An Imam Muslim was born few four views. The first one is 201 the first view is that he was born 201 the second view is 202 the third view is 204 and this third view Ibn Kathir and Ibn Hajar they strengthen this one that is 204 Ibn Kathir and who? Ibn Hajar the fourth one the fourth view which is 200 and what? 6. 200 and 6. Al Imam Abu Abdullah Al Hakim Al Naysaburiyu and Ibn Salah, they said this is the one, 206. And this is the strongest opinion. This is, this is the strongest opinion. How many scholars said this? Abu Abdullah Al Hakim Al Naysaburiyu and who? Ibn Salah and also Nawi and also Al-Imam Al-Imam Nawi all three of them they said 200 and what? 206 206 that's the strongest why? number one these scholars <coughs> all three of them they wrote a book on Al-Imam Muslim are we all together? Ibn Salah has a kitab called what? Inayat Sahih Muslim. Abu Abdullah Hakim al Saburi has a mustadrak on Sahihain, Bukhari Muslim. Nawi has a sharh on Sahih Muslim. So these three are known to have given very great importance to what? To Imam Muslim and his works. So that's the reason why we, this view is stronger and there are other reasons, but we'll stick to that one, inshallah. How many views did we say his birth, what was the first one? 
200 and what? 1, 200 and? 2, 200 and? 200 and? 6. Now we're going to speak about Nash'atuhu wa Usratuhu, his upbringing and his family. An Imam Muslim, he grew up fi bayti ilmin wajah, in a house of knowledge. His father was a individual mutasaddiran li tarbiyatin nasi wa ta'alimihim. His father was a teacher. His father, an Imam Muslim, his father was a teacher and he used to educate and teach others. Walidhalika, his father had a title known as Al-Mashyakha. Huh? Al-Mashyakha means you were entitled to teach at the masjid. Mashyakha was, 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 was a degree huh? of that time in order to get a seat to teach. As, he stu- as his student said, Muhammad ibn al-Farra'at, Muhammad Abdul Wahab al-Farra' mentioned that an Imam Muslim and this shows you, as they say, an apple doesn't fall far from a, it doesn't fall far from a tree. In other words, like father, like, like son. Your son most likely takes you as the first role model. <coughs> so he took from his father, and he started to like to teach an Imam Muslim and educate. An Imam Muslim is a bit different from Bukhari. Why? Not much is mentioned about his um, early stages. Like there's not much written about when he was a kid, the things that he did, his memory, not much was written. But at that time, if we look at historically, kids used to go to Kutab, which was a place where they would learn how to write how to read, they would learn uh, manners. And at those times, brothers, children had a session where they learned adab, akhlaq, they were nurtured. But the parents would give a lot of importance for their children to get that. Even the leaders of that time, they used to have that for their children. If you look at the biography of the, the, the leaders of that time, the khulafa, their children, they had a murabbi that gave tarbiyah to their children. Well, you know the famous statement of an Imam Malik's mother. When she, when she said to Imam Malik, ila go to Rabi'at ibn Abdul Rahman and do what? She said, Go take from his manners before his knowledge. Go and sit and take from what? Take from his manners and the way he is before you take anything regarding his what? His knowledge. It was said that 20,000 people would sit in his gathering. They wouldn't read or write. All they came was to look at the way Imam Muhammad would carry himself and the way he was. Just to take that manners from him, they would come for that. If you look at some of the lands of the, the Muslims, they conquered it because of what? Their ta'amul and their dealings and the manners that they possessed. So, manners is very high. The Prophet said, Innama. Innama is what? Adat bin adawat al hasr. Meaning, I wasn't sent for no other reason. Innama bu'ithtu li utammim al akhlaq. Meaning, I wasn't sent. For no other purpose, because that's what Inama benefits us. I was only set down to do what? To perfect good manners. Pay attention here. The whole religion stands on good manners. How? Isn't Tawheed not good manners with Allah? When you say that Allah, I'm an associate partners with Him with something else, that is what? Bad manners with Allah. لذلك الله سبحانه وتعالى he said to the prophet وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ you are of a great station لذلك sometimes people they will reject the truth 
not because they have enmity towards the truth but the way you carried it and by the way you said it or the way you presented it was not with manners and it does have a negative effect on the people huh? we've seen that good manners is vital in the way that you say things and the way you do things and that's how Allah Taala dealt with the Prophet have you ever seen in the Quran Allah refer to the Prophet by his name in the whole entire Quran Allah say Ya Muhammad did you ever say in the Quran Ya Muhammad he calls him Ya Ayyuh Nabiyu, Ya Ayyuh Rasulu, never Ya Muhammad. But all the other prophets, Ya Nuhu, Ya Ibrahim, the other prophets, yes, but not Nabiullah Muhammad. Allah always refers to him either by a characteristics of his or attribute or his prophecy or the fact that he's a messenger. So good manners, good akhlaq is important. Allah Taala said to the Prophet. Muhammad, if you were a person who didn't possess good manners and you were a harsh, hard, tough, rough person the companions would run away from your gathering they, wouldn't want to, they would not want to stay with you they would leave you so what do you do? Do this for them. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةِ مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْ فَضُّ مِنْ حُولِكَ فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ Forgive them. If they do something that's not good, forgive them, overlook it. Pretend you didn't see that happen. If it's something insignificant, ignore it. فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ Ask forgiveness for them. وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْعَمْرِ And also consult them in your issues. After you've consulted them, Take the final decision yourself. Number five, point number five. Shama'iluhu. Shama'il means the great characteristics of Imam Muslim. The great characteristics of who? Imam Muslim. Imam Muslim kana ala al-himma. He had high aspiration. Imam Muslim and the scholars of that time, they had high aspiration. Very enthusiastic. Kathir and Nashat, they were very enthusiastic. They were very patient. These scholars were very patient in the way that they attained knowledge and the way that they gained knowledge. And the evidence for that is when we list, the, which I'm going to list later, the places where they traveled to, the lands that they went to. The lands that they went to, brothers, it's not like here and there and that. They cut distance, seas, rivers, to take one or two hadith. This shows you patience, wallahi. Imagine you, today if somebody here came from Rasul Khaimah, huh? what do we say? Allahu Akbar, talib ilm. Huh? He comes from the Friday Essentials. Don't we say that? We're amazed. If he comes from Abu Dhabi, what do we say? We say he's serious. Allah He is a real student of knowledge. Sahih. Imagine somebody traveled by a riding beast, horse or a camel or something, from as far as Afghanistan to come here this class today what would we say and they stayed to do this and they went back they didn't take no no flight no nothing how would we see that that's how these people were brothers some of them would just walk this shows great patience and brothers it's the desert in the middle of the desert they would walk in that desert walking is very hard in that place water remember you left your family behind you don't know if they're alive 
you here you can call hey is everything fine okay I'm just about to reach my destination no, for months they don't know if he dies in the desert the family won't know because to get there it takes him six months or three months or four months and to come back will take that much amount the family will find out a year if they don't find him a year that's when they're gonna say something's not right are you with me brothers and in the road fear of being taken their wealth being taken from them robbery and etc was very high that's what these people really did this is sabr now very great patience maybe sometimes they would do that for not so much knowledge for how much brothers one hadith just for one hadith they would do that to travel that distance it's very sad then wallahi when you see a brother all he has to do just get his car keys put it into the ignition drive to a masjid quickly take note it takes two hours or something 90 percent of it is written on the board for you and then it's online after the, for you on youtube all you just have to do is watch it and take notes again to perfect your notes ah brothers i believe personally why is the the level of production at that time with what they had they had less ability the, ch the, the, the chances of taking a lot of knowledge was very low at that time but their, their knowledge was greater than ours and their intake was you know how much hadith they would take a day some of them would take two hadiths three hadiths that's it you just by the click of a finger you can come across how much hadith thousands are we together brothers you're carrying 40 hadith no we just one day you can take it if you want if you wanted to Sah? you have Sahil Bukhari volumes in your house they will travel to another country for two or three hadiths and go back and they were able to produce more than we we are able to do it today Sahih? This shows you that these people were dedicated they were dedicated and they were serious there's a story i'm going to tell you about imam muslim's real dedication and that is what caused him to die and imam muslim's death was a very strange death something strange happened to him listen to this الإمام ابن صلاح يسأل وكان لموته سبب غريب نشأ عن غمرة فكرية علمية. Muslims' death was strange. It came from a strange reason. One day, the lengthy story Abu Abdullah al-Hakim al-Saburi mentioned it. One day. Al-Imam Muslim was sitting with his, with his students. And this is called Majlisul Mudakara. It's, it's, it's a gathering where they revise hadiths. Everyone reads thousands of hadiths. They just listen, everyone. It's like how uh, you sit down to revise Quran. So one person mentioned a hadith that Al-Imam Muslim did not recognize. He didn't recognize the hadith that was asked. This became stressful to him. He became stressed. I don't know this hadith. فَانْصَرَفَ إِلَى مَنْزِلِهِ He went to his house. Look what he says. فَذُكِّرَ لَهُ حَدِيثٌ لَمْ يَعْرِفُ A hadith was told him, he didn't know it. فَانْصَرَفَ إِلَى مَنْزِلِهِ He went to his house. وَأَوْقَدَ السِّرَاجِ He put the candle on. وقال لمن في الداري and he said to the, his family, his wife and his children he said لا يدخلن أحد no one can enter onto me منكم هذا البيت no one should come into this house no one don't let anyone come to me فقيل له they said to him okay before you close the door and before you lock yourself in أهديت لنا سلة فيها تمر a basket that has dates inside it has been given to you or has been given to us you can take it eat it so he said okay Jazakallah. he took the basket he placed it right next to him 
And then he started to open his notes to look for that one hadith. And every now and then he would take a what? A date. And he would look for the hadith. And then he would take the date. And he would look for the hadith. And look what it says. And he would bite, eat it. The basket, the date finished. And he found the hadith. And it caused his windpipe to lock the dates that he ate. Because his mind was gone into finding that one hadith. It caused his windpipe to, for him not to be able to breathe. And he died from that. Al-Imam Muslim, rahimahullah ta'ala. Looking for what? Looking for what? One hadith. What happened to his mind? Absent. He was absent. When I went to uh, India, I went to a place called Banaras. Huh? I went to a, you know, Markaz there called Jamia Salafiyah in Banaras. And there's a great scholar who, Rahimahullah, Rahmatan who was dedicated like that for knowledge. And Allah hasn't taken out from the Ummah people who still remain like that. When, they, when it comes to knowledge, they are dedicated. It was said that he went into his house in order to author a book. And so he was researching and researching and researching. It took the whole day for him to research. It took him the whole day. And he never slept all night. And so at night he finished the book that he wanted to author, I mean, he, the collection of ahadiths and the knowledge that he was trying to collect, he had what? He had finished what he wanted to do. But what happened to him was, he had forgotten his name. So he came out of the house, so he wanted to write on the yeah, note at the front, he wanted to write his name. So he came out and he asked the people, he said, what was my name? And this Lashak scholars wrote books on it. The person becomes so invested in what they are authoring. Um, they become so invested in what they are studying that they forget the surroundings and things around them. They forget the surroundings. This is the, the dedication and the hard work of these great scholars. Al-Imam Muslim, he died on a Sunday, Isha time. In the morning of Monday, he was buried. Five days was remaining for the month of Rajab to finish. The year was what? 260? 261. So how old would he be? 55 years of age. He was only 55. And Imam Muslim was how old? 55, right? 55. Okay. Let's go into his seeking of knowledge. Um, or I'm just going to mention his traveling. I'm going to mention some of the most prominent places where he traveled to. Number one, Makkah al-Mukarramah. Where did he travel to? Makkah. Makkah al-Mukarramah. Who did he hear from in Mecca? He heard from a sheikh called Abdullah ibn Maslamat al-Qa'nabi. Abdullah. Does anyone know that name? I've mentioned that before. Does anyone know that name? Abdullah ibn Maslamat al-Qa'nabi. Yeah? Does anyone know that name? Huh? Other than you, other than you, Abdullah ibn Salamat al Qa'nabi. I mentioned that name before. I pretend that this didn't happen, inshallah ta'ala. Abdullah ibn Salamat al Qa'nabi is from the narrators of Muatta Imam Malik. I mentioned that. When I spoke about the Muatta of Imam Malik, what did I say? One of the narrators was who? Abdullah ibn Salamat al Qa'nabi. He's from the students of Imam Malik.
Okay. So Abdullah ibn Maslamah al-Qa'nabi is who? He's the student of who? He's the student of Imam Malik. So look how, mashallah, Allah barik, Muslim met Abdullah ibn Maslamah al-Qa'nabi. So Abdullah ibn Maslamah al-Qa'nabi is from the senior teachers of who? Al-Imam Muslim. This is Tabaqatul. Awwal, the first level of Muslim teachers. Walidhalika, if Al-Imam Muslim used Abdullah ibn Maslamah al-Qa'nabi, he would have had in his sahih thulathiyat. What's a thulathiyat? Yeah, it would be him, three people between him and the Prophet. A Muslim would only have three people and then the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Are we all together, brothers? Yeah? This is, what is it called? This is called Thulathiyat. Thulathiyat. Thulatha. It means three people between the author and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is good. That's close to the messenger. This is called Sanad. Sanad Ali. This is called a what? A Sanad which is Ali. It means between this author, this is the... But there's a funny thing here. Now what is it? Muslim does not have any thulathiyat in his sahih. Bukhari does, like in Muslim doesn't. Why? If he used Abdullah ibn Maslamat al-Qa'nabi, he would have. Are we all together? He what? He would have. The reason why he chose not to Al-Imam Muslim is because in the chain between in the chain of Abdullah ibn Maslamat al-Qa'nabi and Muslim is a man by the name of Salamat ibn Wardan. Salamat ibn ibn Wardan. And Salamat ibn Wardan scholars have criticized him. So Muslim avoided that. Even that though he could have used this this route to what to go through Al Imam uh, to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So does does Muslim have a thulathiyat in his Sahih? He doesn't. His, stu- his student does though. Who's his student? Al Imam Tirmidhi. Tirmidhi in his Sunan, what does he have? One thulathiyat. The student does. And the teacher doesn't. Does that make sense? The teacher is more closer to the Prophet. Does that make sense? The reason is because the only person that Muslim could have got his thulathiyat through was Abdullah ibn Salamat al-Qa'anabi. But he avoided that route. The reason why he avoided that because Al-Imam Abdullah ibn Salamat al-Qa'anabi, who did he hear from? Salamat ibn Wardan. Salama is a person who is what? He's questioned. Good. These are very important information, wallahi, and I think you should... I just said something and I looked at a lot of you and you didn't even write it. You know what I just said? And I'm going to ask you tomorrow, you don't even remember. I just said to you, Sunan al-Tirmidhi, there's only one thulathiyat in there. That's a fa'idah. You, you, to write that down is beneficial. Just write that down somewhere. Keep it somewhere. It's good information to keep. And also this information is good for you to know that Muslim does not have any thulathiyat. You may think to yourself, this is not important information now. I promise you, one time, one time come to know how important it is. Brothers, write, inshaAllah ta'ala. He also went to Medina. And what did he do? He took knowledge from there. Who did he take knowledge from in Medina? Ismail ibn Abi Awais. Who did he take from? Ismail ibn Abi Awais. Ismail ibn Abi Awais. He took from him in Medina. 
He also went to Basra. So he went Mecca, he went Medina, he went Basra. He went Baghdad. Where did he go? Baghdad. He went Balkh. Balkh, Ba, Lam, Kha, Balkh. He went Kufa. <coughs> he went Egypt, Misr. He went Ray. He went to what? Array. Alif, Lam, Ra, Ya. Array. Ray is what? It's Tehran today. The capital of Iran is what? Al-Ray is the capital of Iran, which is Tehran. Balkh is part of Iran. Balkh is what? Part of Iran and part of Afghanistan. Lakin Al-Ray is the capital. Sah? Shiraz is where? Iran. All of these are lands within Iran. Lakin Al-Ray is the capital, huh? Are we all together? وَلِذَلِكَ الرَّيِّ There are scholars who attributed to الرَّيِّ Like Abu Zur'at al-Razi Razi is a what? It's على خلاف القياس Morphologically صرفياً It's رازي Is when ascription is mentioned But it's from الرَّيِّ Where did that Zat come from? They said this is Sama'i This is how it was heard did I just make sense what I said? Okay. Abu Zur'a Ar-Raziyu Abu Hatim Ar-Raziyu Razi comes from where? How did Raziyu come from Ar-Ray? Does it make sense? Where did that come from? This doesn't make sense. This is confusing. Normally, ascription should just add a yet to the ending. Shiraz, Shiraziyu. Sah? Naysabur, Naysaburiyu. Hakada. Alright, now became Arraziyu. An extra alif came, an extra za came. They said, this is Sama'i. Sama'i means heard like this. Are we together? Some things, they follow a pattern. And some things are just, it was seen like that. That's how it's said. You just take it like that, sah? Like for example, knowledge. Why is the K capital? It's Sama'i. You can't explain that, can you? It's Sama'i. <coughs> huh? Why is it there? Do you guys, does anyone here know? Huh? It's Sama'i, right? Like for example, A and An, what's the difference? It's what comes after, right? If it's A, if it's a vowel, right? A, E, I, O, U, it's an An, right? And if it's any, others, any, any of other than that, it's a what? So why do you say A university? And not an university, but it's a. As Sama'i. This is Qawaid is what? It's what? It's Sama'i. Sama'i means Hakada Wujid. Are we all together, brothers? What is it? <coughs> it's. It wasn't meant to be an English class, but. Uh, it's Sama'i. So that's why Ar Raziyu comes from. Ar Ray. He also went to Asham. Where did he go? He went to Sham. He also went to those places. He went to Sham. I'm going to conclude with the last point, which is Madhabhu fil What Madhab did Imam Imam know we follow? Which Madhab was he upon? Was he a Hanafi? 
Was he a Maliki? Was he a Shafi'i? Or was he a Hanbali? Those are the four madhabs today, right? Are we all together, brothers? Those are the what? Four madhabs that the world know of today, right? Even that though historically they were not the only madhabs. There were more than that. But all the other madhabs, what happened to it? In Darasa. It perished. No one authored in it. So it all went. So these are the four Allah chose, subhanahu wa ta'ala, لِحِكْمَةٍ يَعْلَمُهَ اللَّهِ Wisdom only Allah knows. He made these four remain. Are we all together? The first is who? Al-Imam? Abu? Abu Hanifa. Hey, Al-Imam? Al-Imam? And Al-Imam? So which of those four was Al-Imam Muslim, rahimahullah? Let's look at what um, Al-Imam Ibn Taymiyyah said about this. Ibn Taymiyyah was asked, a question was put to him. They said to him, <coughs> Al-Bukhari wa Muslim wa Abu Dawood wa Tirmidhi, these scholars. هَلْ كَانَ هَؤُلَاءِ مُجْتَهِدِينَ لَمْ يُقَلِّدُوا أَحَدًا مِنَ الْأَئِمَّةِ أَمْ كَانُوا مُقَلِّدِينَ They asked Ibn Taymiyyah. They said to him, Is Al-Imam Al-Bukhari and Muslim and Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi and Nasai? Were they Imams who are Mujtahid? Mujtahid means they look at the Quran, they look at the Sunnah, and they extract rulings from it directly. Not looking at what anyone said. Directly they go to it themselves. Or are they blind followers of a particular Imam? Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said. How many people was he asked about? How many people was he, how many individuals did they ask him? Today I'm going to put a lot of pressure on you brothers. Today I want... I want people to focus, well, not just today, but every class, inshallah. Yeah. How many people was Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah asked about? First was who? Bukhari. Second was who? Muslim. Third was what? Abu Dawood. Tirmidhi. He wasn't asked about Ibn Majah. There's a reason why he wasn't asked about this. So these five, Ibn Taymiyyah, when he was put to him, he said, Amal Bukhari wa Abu Dawood. Put Bukhari and Abu Dawood one side for me. What did he say? He's breaking them up now. He put Bukhari and Abu Dawood one side. What did he say? Fa'imamani fil fiqh min ahlil ijtihad. Bukhari and Abu Dawood are mujtahideen. Are we all together, brothers? Bukhari and what? Bukhari and Mus- uh, Abu Dawood are what? Mujtahideen. Well, I, I really want first of all to understand the people. The people are what? Muj- number one is a what? Mujtahid. Okay. Second is a what? Muttabi'. Third is what? Muqallid. You have to understand this first. Mujtahid means a person who goes to the Quran and he goes to the Sunnah directly and he brings out a ruling. And he gives a ruling. That's a mujtahid. He has the ability. There are conditions lacking. There are conditions. It's not easy, it's not light. To just go to the Quran and the Sunnah and do bring a ruling like that. That's a mujtahid. Muttabi is the second level. What does he do? 
he can't go to the Quran and the Sunnah himself. He, doesn't have, he hasn't got the ability, his knowledge doesn't reach that. But what does he do? He listens to the dispute and the discussion amongst of the scholars. He reads them. He just says, what does Imam Shafi'i believe in this issue? What's his evidence? What's his, what should we still How did he extract a ruling out of this evidence? Okay, I've understood him. What about, what about Ahmad ibn Hanbal? Why did he oppose Shafi'i for? Why, what did he say? Did he respond to this evidence? How was his response to that evidence? And then when he reads, he says, I am with Shafi'i. And Ahmad's wrong in this issue. He's a called a what? Mutabi'i. Why is he a Mutabi'i? Because he couldn't go to the evidence himself. He couldn't go to the source himself and bring out the ruling. What did he do? He had to choose from the views that were there. He looked at which one is closest to the evidence. Are we all together, brothers? The third one is called the Muqallid. Muqallid is the what? The Muqallid is the one who doesn't know anything. He's like, as the scholars say, he is a Mughassilin عند ميتم. He's like a dead body that's been washed, his hands been lifted, been put down. In other words, this, he just takes one Imam's view and he just everything he says, he says, okay. He doesn't know if the Imam is reading an ayah or if he's reading Arabic poetry, he can't tell the difference. What's he called? He doesn't know what's happening. Does that make sense? Huh? That's a muqallid. He doesn't know anything. Scholars, they... Ijma' ibn Abdelbar brings it. Ijma', ijma', ijma'. In his kitab, Jami'u Bayan al-Ilmi wa Fadli. That a muqallid is not considered to be people, from the people of knowledge. It's Ammi. His words are not given, eh? A muqallid. Not a scholar. He's not considered to be from the scholars. That's an ijma'. Are we all together, brothers? Also, a muqallid should not say this is right, this is wrong. Three, a muqallid shouldn't discuss anything. He is upon barura. When do you eat a dead corpse? Huh? When do you eat corpse? When you have nothing to eat, right? When you can't find food, when you eat dead animal that you found, you can eat it because it's darura. Taqlid is darura, it's a necessity. So if you're eating corpse because you have nothing to eat, but I have food, you don't tell me, come and eat dead corpse with me. Are we all together, brothers? So the muqallid, he's upon darura, necessity. He's doing taqlid of his imam, he can't force other people to do taqlid, who are able to look at the evidence. Are we all together? Here now, Imam Shaykh Al-Islam Taymiyyah was asked, these five Imams, Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, and Nasai, are they mujtahid? Or are they muqallidin? Ibn Taymiyyah corrects it straight away. What does he do? He gives two of them ijtihad. Who? Al-Imam? Al-Bukhari and who? He says they are, Imam Al-Bukhari says, Imam Al-Bukhari and Imam Abi Dawood are mujtahideen. They look at the evidence and they bring it out from there. And the other remaining, where did he put it, them all in? He puts them in, Shaykh Al-Islam Taymiyyah, Ahlul Ittiba'ah. Tirmidhi, um, uh, Muslim, and Nasai. They are muttabi'in. Yeah, they are what? Muttabi'in. Look what he says. He says, وَأَمَّا الْمُسْلِمُ وَالْتِرْمِذِي وَالنَّسَائِيُّ وَنَحْوِهِمْ فَهُمْ عَلَى مَذْهَبِ أَهْلِ الْحَدِيثِ لَيْسُوا مُقَلِّدِينَ لِوَاحِدٍ بِعَيْنِ مِنَ الْعُلَمَاءِ وَلَوْلَاهُمْ مِنَ الْأَئِمَّةِ وَلَاهُمْ مِنَ الْأَئِمَّةِ الْمُجْتَهِدِينَ عَلَى الْإِطْلَاقِ بَلْ هُمْ يَمِيلُونَ إِلَى قَوْلِ أَحَدِ إلى قول أئمة الحديث كالشافعي وأحمد وإسحاق وأبي عبيدة وأمثالهم. They look at the views of those scholars. 
What did Shafi'i say this issue? What did Ahmed say? What did uh, Ishaq ibn Rahuya say? What did Abu Ubaid Qasim ibn Salam say? And they strengthen which one they believe is right and they take it. Are you with me, brothers? We'll stop there, inshallah ta'ala. We've taken the life of an Imam Muslim. Next week, inshallah ta'ala, we'll take the life of an Imam Abi Dawood. Bi'idhnillahi al-kareem. And we'll finish the four Imams, like six, we're going to do the six of them. Huh? All six of them. We'll take their lives, a bit about them, inshallah ta'ala. Now we're going to start the next lesson, bi'idhnillahi al-kareem. Uloom al-Quran. Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and Shaytan and Allah and His Messenger are free from it. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Astaghfiruka atubu ilayh.